to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we have some good music and singing to be led into the presence of the Lord. Appreciate them so much. Praise the Lord. All right, I'm going to sing mine now. All right. <laughs> Amen. Turn in your Bibles this morning with me to the Gospel of Luke. And uh, I'm going to be reading today from Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. Um, we have been talking about, you that have been here the last two weeks, this will be the third and final message in our Christmas series on the promise, talking about the promise. And uh, so this morning we're going to talk about Jesus. We have talked about uh, the first Sunday, the first message was Joseph, the promise believed. The second message last week was on Mary, about Mary, the promise conceived. And today we're going to talk about the star of the show, the main attraction, Jesus, the promise received. Amen. So in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 2, Beginning with verse, let me see, verse number 7. We're going to go start with verse number 7 in Luke chapter number 2, verse 7. And she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. For this opportunity we have to speak about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask for your blessing upon this message today, your anointing upon the Word of God, upon me as I minister your Word. Give me the words you would have me to say, and I give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. I read a little story about a four-year-old girl who had had the perfect Christmas. How many remember those Christmases when you were kids that just stand out to you? I mean, it was just great. You just got everything you wanted, you know, that year and just had a, had a great time. But this little four-year-old girl, she had the perfect Christmas. She had, got, she had gotten all the gifts that she wanted that year. 
Her family was there visiting. Her cousins had come, and they were there visiting for the holidays. And uh, she had all of her favorite foods her mom had prepared that day, a great meal, and she had everything that she wanted to eat. And so it was just a great day. Her and her cousins opened the gifts, and they played with their gifts all afternoon. And at the end of the day, as she went to bed, her mom was tucking her in for the night. And she looked up at her mom, and she smiled, and she said, You know, Mom, I sure hope Mary and Joseph have another baby next year. <laughs> well, after, after Jesus was born, uh, Mary and Joseph did go on to have several other babies themselves, but the first one that was born, this firstborn of Mary, was not one that they, Mary and Joseph, had, but it was one that Mary had by God, by the Holy Spirit. And today, we want to talk about the star of the show, as I said, the main attraction, because that's who Jesus is. He is the main attraction of Christmas, and should be the main attraction in our lives, not only at Christmas, but all through our, our year. Amen? And you know, you would never know it from looking at our culture and from what we see in the world today. You would never know that Jesus is the star of Christmas, but He is. The star of Christmas is not Santa Claus. The star of Christmas is not Frosty or Rudolph or any of those and, and you know, those, those, those shows are, are good and wonderful. The kids enjoy them. But uh, the star of Christmas, the main attraction of Christmas is the Lord Jesus Christ. There was, a, there was a national religious broadcaster's analysis survey that was done back in 2002 where they did an analysis of 48,000 hours of, of programming, of, of programming during the, the Christmas season. And they found that 90% of the Christmas programming did not have a spiritual theme at all. 90%, no spiritual theme at all. 7% had a religious or a spiritual theme, but never referred to Jesus in any way. And Jesus was the focus of only 3% of the Christian programming that they analyzed in 2002. And I would imagine probably, I didn't run try to do any research on 2020, but I can imagine that in the, this year, probably it, the, the percentages are probably even more than that. There's probably less programming that is that is given concerning the Lord or focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. I think this year even the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas was not broadcast on national TV for the first time since when that came out back in the 60s and uh, I remember watching it as a, as a kid myself, Charlie Brown and every year it's been on but this year you had to be a subscriber or have Apple TV. It was on Apple TV and I think Finally, PBS did it, but I never saw anything advertised. I mean, I don't watch PBS that much. But, uh, but you know, and, and I thought about that. I was thinking about that as I was 
as I was going over my message today, but, you know, there's something going why, why would that be that all of a sudden that they couldn't broadcast a Charlie Brown Christmas? Could it possibly be because there is the scriptures uh, that I read from Luke's gospel that are quoted by Linus in that, in, that, in that story and in that program, and they just don't want anything about Jesus anymore, but Jesus is the star of of the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's amazing that, 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 that there's, there's so little Christmas programming or broadcasting. And even, listen, even the music. We were, we were going to Cape the other night, and Vicki said, well, let's hear some Christmas music. And so on, I got on XM Radio, and, and the channels that were playing Christmas music, very few of the songs that they did were actually referring to, to the Lord or to Jesus, they they were you know you know dashing through the snow and here comes Santa Claus and rocking around the Christmas tree and and things like that. Which you know again, if you like that, that's fine. But that's not what the season is all about. It's amazing that there's not that much about Jesus because that's what Christmas is all about. As we've been talking about the last three weeks, is it's all about the promise. It's all about the promise. What is the promise? Again, going back to what happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, when they sinned, when they fell into sin, their fellowship uh, with God, their relationship with God was broken and sin became the human race's biggest problem. And a Savior became the human race's only solution. And God made a promise for the problem of sin all the way back in the Garden of Eden. He made that promise that he would send a Savior in Genesis 3.15. He said, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman speaking to the serpent, speaking to Satan, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And from the very, from the time that God made that promise, there at the very beginning in Genesis 3, the number one item, as we have said, on God's to-do list, the number one thing on his agenda was to make sure that he kept that promise and make sure that the Redeemer, the Savior, the promised one was brought into the earth to redeem mankind. And as I said in Joseph, we saw the promise believed in him week before last. Last week in Mary we saw the promise conceived and today in Jesus we have the promise received. In the message on Joseph we learned that the promise for every problem there is a promise. How many remember that? How many believe that? For every problem there is a promise. And last week in Mary we learned that for every promise there is a provision. I'm glad for that. But today with Jesus we want to learn this, for every provision there is a purpose. The promise, the provision, and the purpose of God in your life is all wrapped up in one person today, folks, and that is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God. Every 
everything that you need today is in Jesus Christ. And God has given the world the greatest Christmas gift that anybody could, could ever want or hope for or need. And Paul called it in, in 1 Corinthians, I believe it was, Paul said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. No greater gift could we have that we could receive than to have the gift that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal benefits that are ours through Jesus Christ when we receive him as our Lord and Savior. There are some benefits, amazing benefits that belong to us today because of Jesus coming into this world. Come on, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, when you receive the promise, when you receive Jesus Christ, you accept God's promise of satisfaction. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you what, I feel something special here this morning. In the text that we read in Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that the angels said to them, appearing to the shepherds, this is the message of the angels to the shepherds out in the field after the, after the birth of Jesus. And it said that the angels said to the shepherds, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Notice that. I bring you good tidings. Don't be afraid. I'm bringing you some good tidings, some good news of great joy that will be to all people. And you know, contrary to what a lot of people think and believe today about God, God, and I'm going to make this statement, and you listen to what I'm about to tell you. God is, is not, God is not primarily in the bad news business. Are you with me? And you would know that by watching the television or seeing the news on TV. But God is not primarily in the bad news business. God is primarily in the good news business. Hallelujah, I'm glad for that. That is what the gospel, the word gospel is what? It's good news. When I stand up here and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm preaching the good news. I'm proclaiming to you the good news. That's what the angels were doing to the shepherds um, that, that night there on that Judean hillside. They were proclaiming the good news. They said, the angel said to them, we bring you or I bring you good times of great joy so it's good news can I get an amen the Bible says James said that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from where it comes from above it comes down from the father of lights let me tell you something God hasn't got any bad gifts to give anybody ever get a bad gift for Christmas anybody ever get a bad gift and open up and say man I you know you just smile anyway and say well this is lovely and you just lie like a dog amen <laughs> but it's really not a good gift let me tell you that might happen from getting a gift from somebody but I'm going to tell you hallelujah God doesn't have any bad gifts to give God gives only good gifts and he's given the perfect gift which all gifts come from all good gifts come from and that perfect gift is he's given us this his only begotten son can I get an amen 
He sent his son to the earth to bring joy to us. He sent his son, and I, I want you to get a hold of this because, like I said, there's all kinds of bad news out there today. But God sent Jesus to the earth, and he was born of a virgin and came to bring joy and not judgment into our lives. The Bible said Jesus himself said in John chapter 3, verse 18, he said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but I came to the world and to the earth that the world might have life and have life more abundantly. Amen? Is there a judgment that is coming? Yes, there is a judgment that is coming. But I'm here talking to some people on this Sunday morning that if you know Jesus Christ, Jesus came to give you joy and not judgment. And if you've given your heart and life to Jesus, your judgment was paid for at that cross 2,000 years ago go and you'll not have to stand in judgment for your sins that are to make you shout that are to give you some joy Jesus said I want your joy my joy to be in you and your joy to be full and that's what this time of year is all about to have the joy not that comes from Jack Daniels not that comes from Jim Beam not that comes from from uh, you know some kind of Bud Light or anything like that, but the joy that comes through knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. God sent Jesus to give us joy, and joy comes from being content and being satisfied. And there seems to be very little joy in the world today because we're living basically in a very discontent society. Amen? Not very much contentment within people's lives today. And it, it seems like that even with, uh, with all the stuff that we have today, and I think probably we got more stuff today than we've ever had. Amen? I mean, there's storage units everywhere. And they're all full of stuff because people have so much stuff, they don't have nowhere to put all their stuff. But even with all the stuff that we have today, people are still living lives of dissatisfaction. How many knows that's true? Back in 1900, way before we were around, amen. So, you know, we're talking 120 years ago. In 1900, it said that the average American wanted 72 different things. 72 things, and considered 18, 18 of those things essential. But today, it's a whole different story. Today, the average American wants 500 things, and they consider 100 of those things essential. Amen? I mean, it just seems like there's, there's no satisfaction in people's lives today. And, and, and there's a lack of joy. Amen? The, the, the majority of the world today and the people in the world are not, are not filled with the joy of the Lord. People are, are sad and people are down and people are discouraged. And yeah, listen, folks, yeah, it's been a rough year. It's been a difficult year. There's been a lot happened and, 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 and families have lost 
lost, have lost family members, have passed on and died. And, and there's been a lot of struggle and a lot of problems and a lot of bad things that have happened in 2020. But can I tell you something? Man, we gotta, if we've got Jesus, it doesn't matter what else going on in the world today. If we've got Jesus, we can have joy. We can have joy. That's what he came to do is give us joy and give us some satisfaction. Come on, amen? Our stuff, our money, our wealth, our possessions, our popularity, none of those things, listen to me, none of those things of this world can satisfy the longing soul. There's only one that can. There's only one that can. So, so people are looking for satisfaction from a lot of things, and it only comes through Jesus. And none of the things of this world can satisfy. A little boy, story about a little boy, you know, that, that loved pancakes. He just wanted to eat pancakes all the time. He wanted pancakes for every meal. So his mom decided she was going to cure him of that. So she thought, well, I'll just, I'll just fill him up with pancakes with pancakes so she said I'm going to fix you all the pancakes you can eat so she's fixing him pancakes and he ate pancakes and he ate pancakes and he ate pancakes and his mom was getting ready to pour some more batter out into the onto the griddle and she said oh well, son do you want another pancake and he looked at her and shook his head and he said no ma'am I don't even want the ones I've already had Amen. He had had everything, see? He had had everything that he thought he wanted and his heart desired, but, but he finally got enough, and those didn't even satisfy him anymore. And that's kind of the way the world is today. Would you agree with that? The problem that we have today, folks, is that people are looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places. And Jesus even told that woman at Samaria, that, that Samaritan woman at the well, he said, you know what, if you drink of this water in this well, you'll thirst again, which represented the world's water, what you would get from, from the world and from life. And he said, if you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But he said, I'm going to tell you, if you drink of the water that I give you. It will be a well of water in you springing up into everlasting life. It'll satisfy you. And if you drink the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. Jesus told a group of people, he said, I'm the bread of life. You eat the bread that I, you ate, you ate manna. You ate manna, but, but it, you're hungry again. You eat the things of this world and you're hungry again. But if you eat the bread of life that I give you, you'll never hunger again. All I want that life today that I never hunger and I never thirst and I lose the desire for the things of this world and that only comes that satisfaction can only come one way and from one person and from one place and that's from knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior having a personal relationship with him he is the only one that can bring that true satisfaction amen Hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalm 103, it tells us that he satisfies our mouth with good things. In Psalm 107, it says that he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. In Proverbs 14, 14, it says that a good man will be satisfied from above. 
Paul writing to the, to, the, to the Hebrew Christians in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, he said, be content. Oh, this is, you know, I won't dwell on this, but we need to get a hold of this verse. Be content with such things as you have. Be content. I'm going to read that again. Be content with, with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or never forsake you. That's what we need to be concerned about today that Jesus is with us all the time. David said in Psalm 23 and 1, the Lord is my shepherd. What did he say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. One little boy in Sunday school one time trying to quote the 23rd Psalm said it this way, the Lord is my shepherd. He's all I want. And I said, you know what? That's a good, pretty good, that's a pretty good misquote. That's a pretty good translation because if he if the Lord is your shepherd I'm telling you he's all I want he's all I need we used to sing that old song years ago that old chorus he's all I need he's all I need Jesus is all I need how many's glad you got Jesus today how many are satisfied with Jesus that's why the Christmas message, folks, is good news is because behind every problem there is a promise. And all of the promises, mm, 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 all of the promises in this book right here are all wrapped up and tied up and fulfilled in your life through Jesus Christ and what he's done for us at Calvary. Can I get an amen? amen? Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 that all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are in him, yes, and in him, amen. The New Living Translation says it this way, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. I believe that today. All of the promises. See, we enjoy His promise of satisfaction and every benefit and every blessing that He has promised. He has given to us in Christ Jesus. All the blessings and benefits that you need in your life to be victorious, to overcome, you know, to have joy, to have peace. We'll talk about peace here in a minute. But all of the things that you need, everything you need is in Jesus. He paid for it, purchased it, bought it with his blood, his death, and resurrection on the cross. And it's all yours, and it's all in Christ Jesus. Amen? And he will fulfill every promise that he has made. In Jesus, the promise is received. Y'all like excited about that. But when you receive him, not only do you enjoy the satisfaction, but you also are accepting God's provision of salvation. The promise of His satisfaction, but thank God for this, the provision of His salvation. That angel that appeared there to the shepherds goes on in verse 11 of that second chapter of Luke to tell them exactly what the good news is. And the angel said, for there is born. Here's the good news. Here's the good. I said, God's primarily a God of good news. Here's the good news. Here's the glad tidings. For there is born.
to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord? A Savior. Oh, hallelujah. A Savior. Just exactly what the world needed. Just exactly. People think they need a lot of things today. I need this and I need that and I've got to have this and I've got what you need, what I need, what this world needs is a Savior. It's a say he's, he is the Savior. And that's what God gave. See, if I, he, he gave us a Savior. To you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. If the world, if this world had needed in information, God would have sent an educator. If our world was in need of technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our wor- greatest need today would have been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have given us an entertainer. But the thing is, our greatest need was forgiveness and is forgiveness. And that's why God sent us a Savior. And this is the good news for all people, for all times, is that God has given us a Savior. And we had to have a Savior. Nothing else would do us any good. We had to have a Savior. Why? Because all of us were born in sin. All of us, every single one of us were born in sin. All have sinned, the Bible says, and come short, fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us in in Romans chapter 3 that there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And I'm talking about all of the people of the world. There is none that are saved. There's nobody that's born a Christian or born saved. We're born in sin. We're born fallen. We're born into this world separated from God. That's why we have to have a Savior. And that's why God sent a Savior because that was the need of humanity. That's why you and I have to be born again. See, it's not about it's not about being a church member. We thank God for church membership. But it's not about being a church member. It's not about having your name on a church roll. Amen? It's not about just going to church. People say, well, I go to church. There's some people go to church uh, once or twice a year, you know. And some now don't even do that anymore. But <laughs> praise God. But, uh, but, but there's, it's more than just going to a church. Amen. It's about knowing Jesus Christ. It's like somebody, it's like somebody said, I can go out and sit in my garage, but that doesn't make me an automobile. And we can sit in church, but that doesn't make us saved or make us a Christian. Just going to church. We've got to have an, a, 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 an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be. Jesus said to Nicodemus, He said, Listen, Nicodemus, you must be born again. There isn't any other way you're going to see the kingdom of God unless you're born again and the only way that anybody can be born again is the have to be a savior the had to be a savior thank God for the good news that Jesus is the savior hallelujah give him praise listen my kids can't get saved on my experience or relationship and your kids are not going to heaven on your experience or relationship. Everybody has to have their own 
relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We needed a Savior. There's born to you a Savior. All of us separated from God. We couldn't save ourselves. But, but God, thank God for the but gods in the Bible. But God provided a Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul said it in Ephesians chapter 2. He said, in you he is made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which, you, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh. This is, our, this is describing how we were before B.C., before Christ. We fulfilled the desires of the flesh and the mind and were by nature the children of wrath just as others. But look at verse 4, the but God. I love the but gods. This changed everything. But God. Here's the mess you were in. Here's the life you were living. Here's the lifestyle. You were children of disobedience, children of wrath. You had, you had the wrath of God on you. And by nature you were, you were, you were away from God, children of wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Hallelujah. That's the good news of the gospel. I don't have no bad news uh, to give to you today because, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Here's the good news. If God loved you and I so much that when we were yet sinners, when we were children of wrath, when we were all ungodly, that he gave the gift of his son and sent Jesus to die for us. Hallelujah that we could be saved. Oh, how much. You know, the devil says, well, God doesn't love you. You have preachers today that try to get people to think God doesn't love you or care about you. He's just standing there with a great big glorified baseball bat just waiting for you to do something wrong so he can whop you upside the head. I'm telling you today and if he loved you when you were a child of wrath if he loved you when you were a sinner if he loved you that much when you were estranged from him how much more does he love you today now that you belong to him and have been washed in his blood and received the salvation that has come through Jesus Christ his only begotten son amen hallelujah so we have to admit and until that individual admits that they need salvation and then they receive that salvation, you can never experience the good news of Christmas. It has to be believed and received. It's not just automatic. Well, Jesus died for the world. Some say then that because of that, everybody will be saved. I want to say this. The sin debt for the whole world has been paid at Calvary. Are you with me? The blood of Jesus atoned for all the sin of the world. But is everybody automatically saved? Is everybody automatically forgiven? No. They have to believe and receive and accept 
what Jesus did and accept the sacrifice. But boy, I'll tell you once we do, hallelujah. That's the good news of Christmas, hallelujah. Admitting that we need a Savior, admitting that we that we can't save ourselves, and coming to Jesus and asking Him to have mercy upon us, believing what He did, uh, believing in our heart that He died for us, believing that God raised Him from the dead. That's the, the ABCs of salvation, the simple ABCs. Admit that you're a sinner and you need a Savior. Believe that Jesus died for you and that He rose from the dead for you and that He will forgive your sins and then confess your sins and confess Him as Lord of your life and you will be saved that's how simple it is anybody that may be watching this live stream listen if you've never prayed and accepted Jesus you're not going to heaven automatically you have to make him the Lord of your life hallelujah you got to make him the Lord of your life I don't think the live streams on the red lights off so I guess the cameras blinked out on us We love to get Christmas gifts, but the gift, when you receive a gift, it's worthless. Unless you want it, you take it, you open it, and you receive it. The thing about this salvation, ladies and gentlemen, is that it's a free gift. Woo! Hallelujah! I said it's a free Eternal life is a free gift. How great is that? How awesome is that? Amen. Praise God. <laughs> kind of like that little boy, you know, was sitting. He goes up and he sits on Santa Claus' lap in the mall and gives Santa Claus a 15-minute list of all the toys that he wanted. And then he jumps down off of Santa's lap. The Santa gives him a piece of candy and he just walks away without saying a word. And his mom said to him, hey, hey, hey. He said, she said, what, what do you say to Santa? And he turned around and looked at Santa and he said, charge it. <laughs> charge it. That's the way the world is today, man. But you know what? You know what? That's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly what God did. God charged it all to Jesus. He took all of my sin and all of my shame and all that I was before and he laid it all upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And he charged all of my sin and all of your sin. He charged it to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died on that cross, he put away my sin by the sacrifice that he made there on Calvary. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, I owed a debt that I could not pay, but he paid a debt that he did not owe. And today I can say because of Jesus, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free from guilt, I'm free from sin, I'm free from the powers of darkness because Jesus, hallelujah, has made us free, given us the free gift. God charged it to Jesus. And Jesus put, took my sin and your sin and gave, put his righteousness on my account. Amen. Woo! That's the good news of receiving the promise of Christmas, the promise of salvation. Last of all, we accept God's purpose 
of serenity, of peace in our life. The angels declared the wonderful results of Jesus coming to earth there in verse number 14 of Luke 2. The results of Jesus' coming, He was to come to be a Savior. But notice verse 14 that says, But the angels appeared and began to worship God and said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. See, for every problem, there's a promise. For every promise, there's a provision. And for every provision, there's a purpose. And God promised salvation for the problem of sin, provided the Savior to give the promised salvation. And the purpose of this provision is so that you and I can have God's peace. Woo! Hallelujah! God's peace in our life. Man, that's good news. That's glad tidings today. That's good news. Amen? We can have God's peace. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Doesn't mean, you know, I know people read that and say, well, it didn't work because there's no peace on earth right now. Well, there will be one day when Jesus, the Prince of Peace, comes back and sets up His kingdom. There will be peace on the earth. There will be war no more. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their, their, their spears into pruning hooks, and they will learn war no more. And peace will cover, will cover this earth, and the knowledge of God will cover the earth as waters... As the waters cover the sea. That peace is coming. But I'm telling you, there was a peace that has come through Jesus' birth, His death, His resurrection. And even though there's not peace in the earth right now, praise God, I am experiencing His peace. And you can experience His peace. And that's why Jesus came. That's the purpose of the promise, ladies and gentlemen, so that you and I, in the midst of a dark world, in the midst of sin, in the midst of turmoil, we can know that we now have peace with God. There's no more enmity between me and my Father. There is perfect peace that was given to me and made possible through the blood of His cross. Come on, hallelujah. I'm not on the outside looking in. God's not angry with me anymore and He's not angry with you. There is a peace through Jesus that we have today. That is the purpose of His coming and receiving us and making us sons and daughters of God. It's good to have the peace. Peace with God and peace of God. Amen? Amen. It's that peace in your heart knowing that you're right with Him. That He's right with you. That you've got right relationship with Him. Praise God. It's the peace of knowing that all my sins are forgiven and heaven is my eternal home. I like what someone said. I don't know who it was, but I love the quote. It said, God takes life's broken pieces and gives us unbroken peace. I love that, amen, because that's what he does. But we must believe him and receive the gift that he's offered. We must want the gift 
and take the gift and open the gift and receive the gift and accept the gift in order to be the beneficiary for that gift to do us any good. Amen. There was a, and I'll close with this little story. There was a, a young man from a wealthy, very wealthy family, affluent family. And this is supposed to be a true story. It was supposedly sent and posted, uh, printed some years ago in, in Dear Abby's column. I don't even know if Dear Abby has a column anymore, does she? She's probably dead. But anyway, this story was in Dear Abby's column some years ago about this young man, wealthy, wealthy from a wealthy family, and he was about to graduate from high school. And so it was the custom in that affluent community that this young boy grew up in that the parents were to give their graduating children a new car. I didn't grow up in a family like that. <laughs> that would have been a, a wonderful thing, but that was the custom. So the boy and his dad spent some weeks visiting one car dealership after another, and the week before the graduation, they had found the perfect car. They picked it out, and so the boy was just new. He was just certain that that, that car, the, what he had wanted so badly, he just knew that that car was going to be in the driveway on graduation night. So on the eve of his graduation, they were sitting there, and his father handed him a small package. It was wrapped up in colorful paper. And the father told the boy, said, this package contained the most valuable gift that the father could think to give him for his graduation. So the boy thought, huh, yeah, that's the keys to that new car is in that box. That's got to be what it is. So he tore the package open, turned, tore the box open. And what did he find inside the box? A Bible. Amen. It was a Bible in there. And that's what the dad had told him. He said, I'm going to give you the greatest gift that I could give you for your graduation, which I agree. We, we give our graduates here at Abundant Life, we give them Bibles. Every, every year when they, those that graduate. And so the boy sees the Bible. It's not the car keys that he wanted. And he was furious. He became so angry, he threw the Bible down on the ground and he stormed out of the house. He left that night in a rage. And he and his father never saw each other again. Never saw each other. He wouldn't have anything to do with his dad. He was so angry. But several years later, the news of his father's death death brought the son home again. He attended the funeral, and after the funeral, he was sitting alone one evening going through all of his dad's possessions, the things that he was to inherit. And lo and behold, he came across the Bible that his dad had given him on the night of his graduation some years before. He was overwhelmed with grief. He was full of remorse for what he had done, for not being there with his dad, for running away the way that he did. And he's, he's sitting there weeping. And when he took the Bible and he just let it fall open, and when he opened the Bible up, a cashier's check that was dated on the day of his graduation in the exact amount of the price of the car that he and his dad had picked up, or had picked out, that cashier's check fell out of the Bible 
and fell into his lap. The gift, and here's the thing, the gift had been there all along if he would have just opened the Bible. He would have found it. And I want to tell you something, folks. You already know this, but in this Bible, in this book, you will find God's promise for you. You will find God's provision for you. And you will find God's purpose for you in the pages of this book. Hallelujah. All three, the promise, the provision, and the purpose that God has for you are all wrapped up in one package today. The gift, the greatest gift that God has given, His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'll accept Him, and if you believe Him, and I know everybody here probably today is saved. You, you're, you're, you're living for Jesus. But oh, let me tell you, if you'll open this Bible, you'll find His promise, His provision, and His purpose for your life. And let's go into 21. Let's go into the... I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm... I'm Asking the Lord, give me what you want me to preach, you know, to open this new year up. Because I remember distinctly what I preached at the end of 2019 going into 2020. The message that I preached, and I might have preached, I don't remember if it was one or more than one, but the message was this. It wasn't that, it wasn't, um, that we were going to have great blessings in 2020. We always anticipate that and we... You know, we look for that. But the message I preached was facing this year without fear. Facing the year without fear. I've looked back and thought back on that, and God was trying to tell us something at the end of 2019, that there's going to be opportunity in 2020 for you to be fearful and for you to be afraid. But you can face the year without fear. And I'm telling you, we're going into another new year. We're ending this year up. But if you'll unwrap the package that God has provided and given you through Jesus Christ, you can know His promise. You can have His provision. You can fulfill His purpose for your life. Amen? And 2021, no matter what it's going to hold, no matter what's going to happen, no matter what's going to take place, praise God, we're going to make it through. I've made up my mind. I've shut the news off, ladies and gentlemen. I've shut them down. Praise God. I'm, 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 I'm banking on the good news. I'm looking at the good news. I'm expecting good things. Hallelujah. In my life, I don't care what happens in this world. We're going to live for Jesus. We're going to preach His Word. We're going to stand on the promise and we're going to enjoy the eternal life that God has given to us through Jesus Christ. Well, stand, stand with me today. Praise God. Worship team, you can come on back. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you today. Oh, we thank you so much today for your goodness, for your blessings in our life. You have done so many wonderful things. As we come today, Lord, to the conclusion of this service, and we're facing the end of another year, God, we're just trusting, we're trusting you. We're believing you that you're going to bring us through, that you're going to let us experience the joy, the peace, the victory, every 
thing, every promise that has been given us through Jesus Christ, that we'll experience it in our lives personally. We know that we do that, Lord, by placing our faith in you and in the promise that you made. Today, Lord, we want to make that a declaration of our faith that we will receive everything that Jesus has has purchased for us at Calvary. We will walk in the blessing of the Lord in our life. And we give you glory and praise for that today in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.